0: It's time to take a look around the NFL with our weekly visit from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle.
1: You need to see a dog make a play. No puppies. I need a dog to make a play.
0: Here on Raider Nation Radio 920.
2: And John McClain is now on the phone lines, and John, we do appreciate your time as you give us each and every Tuesday, and uh, the NFL and the NFLPA have just changed their COVID-19, their isolation and, and uh, protocols that they have, so now they don't have to be in, in isolation for 10 days. Now it's five days, vaccinated or not vaccinated. What are your thoughts on the changes that the, the league has created?
3: There's a lot of unvaccinated players who are going to be very happy, starting with Carson Wentz. Under the... Old protocols, he would have to miss at least ten days because he wasn't vaccinated. And if I were fans who have players unvaccinated missing a lot of games, as the Colts did, I read a story today where more of their unvaccinated players have missed games instead of vaccinated. I would be infuriated uh, at that team. But if you feel good now and you don't have symptoms, you can come back in five days. I think you. The NFL is tired of teams missing so many. Texans had 21 players out, eight defensive starters, their entire offensive line, entire defensive line, their best receiver, Brandon Cooks, and yet they just obliterated the Chargers 41-29, to the most shocking game I've ever seen. I still can't believe what I saw. All these backup players, most of whom wanted to be in the league next year, just playing their butts off, and they put it took it to the – charges but I think that travesty they put out there for the Saints having to play a 14 team quarterback Ian Book a rookie who wouldn't work ready to play they just kind of said enough is enough let's just let them play and if they get sick they get sick
2: that's kind of what it feels like Johnny you know I've had many people hit me up and say well you know in the off season, they said that you know they, they they'll have a competitive advantage if everyone goes and gets vaccinated but at the end of the day John they're just trying to get these games in, in aren't they
3: Yes, they are. It's a great playoff race in, in both conferences, but especially AFC, where teams with winning records could miss out. And, you know, and props to the Raiders for winning these last two, getting in the thick of the playoff race. They, they, uh, it's pretty remarkable what they've done after everybody was so down on them after that bad stretch. I think it'd be a tremendous story if they sneak in with a wild card bar and you know, people there would be happy. They can't be happy with this ruling because it's going to allow, probably allow Carson Wentz to play. Otherwise, they'd have been going up against a rookie backup, Sam Olinger, and there's even talk they for trying to get Andrew Luck to come out of retirement. I'm sure he's been working out on a daily basis three years later just waiting for that call and then <laughs> reaching out to Phillip Rivers. Saints reached out to Phillip Rivers. Next thing you know, somebody will be reaching out to Tony Romo to come out of the broadcast booth. As long as you've got your quarterback, you should still be competitive. And I saw that. Texans had their rookie quarterback who outplayed Justin Herbert the starter for the AFC in the Pro Bowl. So if you've got your quarterback, you should have a chance
2: absolutely no doubt about it we're talking with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920 and speaking of Davis Mills the Texans quarterback uh, I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about him and say that he very easily could be the best rookie quarterback this season what are your overall thoughts on what you've seen from Mills
3: when he came in as a third round pick he only started eleven games at Stanford and Nick Serio the general manager drafted him because he liked him but the plan was was to play him at the end of the season. And then Tyrod Taylor got hurt in the second game, and he had to play. And he had a great game against New England. They lost by three. And he had a four-interception game at Buffalo. And then when they put Tyrod Taylor back in, he got to watch from a different perspective. And in the three games he's come back, they're two and one, and he's got a completion percentage in those three games, of 68.9 and a rating of 102.5. And let me tell you something. I just tweeted this out. What quarterback leads the NFL in red zone passer rating? So Tom Brady. Nope, he's third. Dak Prescott, he's fifth. Davis Mills. He's got a red zone passer rating of 113.26 touchdowns, no interceptions. Average per attempt, 4.67, which is second. And I'm stunned by that. And I'm writing a column about the Trey Lance era beginning. Uh, when the Texans play at Santa Clara on Sunday, so Mills. The Texans have played against Trevor Lawrence twice, Mac Jones once, and uh, uh, Zach Wilson once. So now they're going to play against Trevor. I mean Trey Lance. And this is a good. I think I'm excited to see Lance versus Mills because Mills could be the future of the Texans. I've been writing for three weeks. He'll be the quarterback next year, and I keep seeing draft mix, picking a Texans, taking a quarterback the first round. It ain't happening. It's like David Culley. His job was never in jeopardy except in the minds of a lot of national media.
2: What is going to be the the Texans' number one offseason priority, in your opinion?
3: Q, they have the worst running game I've ever seen in four and a half decades covering the NFL. Last year, they were 31st, 91 yards a game. This year, they're 32nd. In their last eight games, they were averaging 70. Since the first game of the year, they've had 100 one time. So what happens? They run for 189 yards and average 6.8 yards of carry against the Chargers and Rex Burkhead, who blew out his knee last year and was not invited back to New England. Signs here, we don't know if he's going to make the team because he blew out his knee. He runs for a career-high 149 yards. Averaged 5.3 carries, scored two touchdowns. That game with all backup offensive linemen and Rex Burkhead at running back is, is the most amazing thing I've seen since I've covered the NFL. I still can't believe it. So the priority should be to improve the running game starting up front. And right now at the, at the draft with the tomorrow they still have third pick and assuming the two pass rushers, Hutchinson and, will go first and second. I'm hoping they get Alabama offensive tackle Evan Neal.
2: How high on the priority list is moving to Sean Watson?
3: Oh, it's a huge priority, just like it was last year. But as Bud Adams, the late Oilers owner, used to tell us, it takes two to tango.
0: <laughs> well,
3: we knew what he meant, right? And uh, <laughs> and so you got to have two to tango. And there's a bunch of teams interested. And they had deal done with the Dolphins, and Stephen Ross said, I want him to settle those lawsuits,
2: 22.
3: And he got all, I think, before done, and time ran out on the deadline. So he's got to get those cleared up unless he wants to sit around again. And I think something very interesting about Watson, too, this year he's being paid $10.54 million to come to work every day, go to meetings, go out and work out by himself with one of the assistant uh, position coaches, and then he goes home. And somebody said, what are they going to do next year when the new contract kicks in and they owe him $35 million? I said, here's what I would say. Deshaun, we want to trade you to Carolina or Denver or the Giants, whoever. And if you don't wait, allow us to do it with your no-trade clause, we'll cut you. And if we cut you, the worst team in the league is going to get you. You can end up going to a team that you don't want to go to. So pick one of these that are interested and let us know and we'll go to work on a trade. Like he rejected the Eagles. And and that was one that made a serious offer. No, it's not going to happen. And so, yes, it is a priority. They can start trades when the new league year begins in March 16th. But, Q, I don't think it would happen until right up before the draft. And because this is not a good draft, of quarterbacks like this year's,
0: mm-hmm.
3: I think veteran quarterbacks like Watson, uh, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe Russell Wilson, maybe Aaron Rodgers—they're going to be even more in more demand because of this crop of quarterbacks.
2: Talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, talking all things NFL here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And you mentioned Miami. How about the Dolphins, John? They went on a seven-game losing streak, and now they've won seven in a row, and they're right there in the thick of things, could be, uh, really work their way into the playoffs. What have you thought about what they've been able to do this season and the head coaching job that Brian Flores has done?
3: Well, this I don't want to rain on their parade but if you look at the teams and the quarterbacks they've gone up against in this winning streak, beginning with the Texans who they barely beat, and, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. And, uh, you know, they just won that game Sunday with a four-string rookie quarterback going up against them. I mean, they've beaten, they, they, uh, in the winning streak, they got, they got, uh, uh Tyrod Taylor, then they got, uh, Lamar Jackson, but he was hurt. They get Zach Wilson. They get uh, uh, whoever was quarterback in Carolina then, maybe Joe Flacco, Mike Glennon, and Zach Wilson again. And so that's not exactly a murderous row. And then Ian Book. Now they're <laughs> playing at the Titans, and the Titans don't have Derrick Henry, but they have A.J. Brown back. Ryan Tannehill played pretty well in the victory over the 49ers. And then the Dolphins host the Patriots. Patriots could be playing for the AFC East title. So if Miami wins at Tennessee and beats the Patriots, they're going to get a lot of respect. But the teams that they have beaten, Houston, Baltimore, the Jets, Carolina Giants, Jets, and Saints, the only one with a winning record is Baltimore. And the Ravens are barely hanging on with a losing streak of their own.
2: You know, John, because the Jaguars are, are going to be looking for a new head coach, obviously other teams are going to be looking for new head coaches as well. There's been multiple reports about guys that are going to be on, on, on different teams' lists. Todd Bowles is getting a lot of love. Leslie Frazier, uh, the Raiders defensive coordinator Gus Bradley, uh, Byron Lefkowitz. All those guys are getting a lot of love. Kellen Moore, Dan Quinn, both from the Cowboys. Any of those names that really pop out to you that you think, hey, that guy's going to get a head coaching job in the offseason? Well,
3: first let me say this about the Jaguars. They're going to botch it again. <laughs> Con, the owner who hired Urban Meyer on his own he's keeping their general manager Trent Donkey, who was hired by Urban Meyer he needs to clean house and hire a general manager hire a guy like Nick Casario personnel director longtime successful organization hire a guy like that and give him the power to, to hire the coach don't get a general manager who could be gone in a year and that just makes no sense but it's the Jaguars Something, do they, after Urban Meyer, an NFL novice, bought so many things, do they want a former NFL head coach like Leslie Frazier, Doug Peterson? Do they want a, a Todd Bowles? Do they want a hot coordinator like Byron Leftridge or Kellen Moore? I think that team needs a former head coach who knows what he's doing. And of the guys I mentioned, the only one that won a Super Bowl is Doug Peterson, but I think Todd Balls deserves another chance. Leslie Frazier deserves another chance. I would look at a former head coach, unless a coordinator blew me away, like Sean McVay did the Rams when they interviewed him while he was in Washington. And they better get, they better think seriously. If they get an offensive coordinator and he's really good, he's going to be gone for a head coaching job. And so... Maybe they need to hire an offensive coordinator a head coach so they don't lose him. Either way, Q, they got to get somebody to coach Trevor Lawrence better than he's been coached, even though his two coaches are longtime offensive coordinator and quarterback coaches and Daryl Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer.
2: Talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, all things NFL. My man DeMond in the home studio has got a question for you. Yeah, John, something that I seen earlier today, and I just want to get your take on it, Aaron Rodgers, he was on Pat McAfee's show today, and I'm getting sick of this guy. He's talking about if you can't question science, this, that, and the other. He, oh, the Joe Rogan podcast is the best thing he's ever seen. Uh, is the NFL changing these rules? Aren't they giving like the unvaccinated players like a pass now? And I, I just don't think it's fair, and I just want to see what you have to say, say about it.
3: I agree 100%. They're getting a pass, and it's not fair. To those who have tried to do everything the way they're supposed to do. But, hey, they the games must go on, right? Remember, it's all about the money. Yep. It's all about the games going on as a fan. You're going to see better football than we've been seeing with so many players out. Now, some guys, Allen Robinson, the receiver, is trying to come back. He had it bad. He talked about how bad it was. So there are guys out there who still have it bad. I know the Texans, they had 23. They activated five, and only one of them played a lot in the game. Couple of them played reserve roles and special teams because they just didn't feel like going out there and playing a game. One week after they after they've been out.
2: John, I wanted to ask you about the Giants and their situation. It's been reported that Gettleman's going to be gone after the season, but they're bringing back Joe Judge. They're bringing back Daniel Jones. Is that the right order of operations for a team like the Giants who need to get it right, just like the Jaguars?
3: Absolutely not. That's why they're the Giants. And haven't done squats since Eli Manning, through two miraculous passes to win Super Bowls. So they're going to bring in a GM to replace Dave Gettleman. So you're the general manager. Can I get a new coach? Nope. Uh, how much is the owner going to be involved? A lot. How many people in the family are in this organization? Uh, several. And you just got to know how they do business there. So if they bring back Joe, Joe Judge, and they bring back Daniel Jones, there's a good chance that general manager will try to convince the owners in 2023, get rid of them, we need to start over. And they can't blow it. They have two top ten draft choices, just like the Jets. I'm a Texan. I say, would you like Deshaun Watson assuming he would approve going to the Giants for two, two those two ones? We don't need a third one. Just give us those two, and your quarterback issue you to settle for the next 15 years that would get them so much publicity. And once people got over being angry that they had that they had made that trade for Watson, people would fall in love with a guy based on what he does on the field because he's a great quarterback. He's just 26 or may just turn 27. So the Giants, like the Jaguars, look like they're going to botch it. And you bring in a GM and you noodle him uh, like you do a dog. He's not going to be the same.
2: No, he's not. Not at all. Love the way that, that you put that. Talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. A couple more questions for you. How about Matt Rule in Carolina? Uh, how do you think that things are going with him? It's not going too well as far as wins and losses. He's uh, talking to the media. They seem like they're kind of pushing back in Carolina. What have you thought about the job he's done so far in Carolina?
3: Well, they've had two losing seasons, and I guess everybody wants it to be like it was at Temple and Baylor when you turn around fast. And I'm sure Matt Rule took a hammer and went and pounded Christian McCaffrey. So he missed most of last year and missed a lot of this year, his best offensive weapon. Now, he wanted Sam Darnold. They played paid dearly for Sam Darnold, draft picks and money. But he also wanted Deshaun Watson, and I'm sure he still wants Watson. If they got Watson with the Panthers, people would be so fired up. And they're 200 miles from Watson's hometown. in Gainesville, Georgia, and he also spends a lot of time in Atlanta where his good friend and quarterback guru, Quincy Avery, is. So, I'm guessing if Carolina makes them an offer, if he gets those legal issues cleared up, that he would approve a chance to go so close to home. But you don't give a guy a contract as long as Matt rules and fire him after two years. Now, they gave him final say over everything. That might have been a mistake for a guy. It's only been a NFL for one year but uh, he also may need to go get some more NFL experienced assistant coaches instead of all those Baylor coaches he brought with it right now both coordinators were Baylor
2: Right. You're, you're absolutely right about that. And that's what I wanted to uh, end this with, uh, John. I wanted to talk about the Baylor Bears, your alma mater. They're back in the Sugar Bowl. I was there the last time they were at the Sugar Bowl playing against Georgia and New Orleans. It was a fantastic place to be. Uh, but they lost. But it was a tough game. Going up against Ole Miss this time on New Year's Day, what are your thoughts on this game?
3: Ole Miss is favored by one. Baylor's starting quarterback who replaced Gary Bohannon, Blake Shapen. he's out. Bohannon's back. Can't wait to see Matt Corral against Dave Aranda's defense. I'm going to Santa Clara, California early. I'll be in front of my big screen TV at the Santa Clara Marriott cheering (laughs) on those fighting Baylor Bears. And Q and DeMond, I'll tell you this, Sickham Bears. (laughs)
2: That's that's what I wanted to hear, John. I just wanted to hear a for old time's sake. Great stuff. What do you got coming out on Texas Sports Nation that NFL fans should be on the lookout for?
3: I'm writing for tomorrow about, Trey Lance era beginning with the 49ers. Trey Lance versus Davis Mills, how they could stack up. And I don't expect Texas to win, but I didn't expect them to win over the Chargers. So instead of picking the ways by 20, I might pick them to lose by 10. I heard that. I'll tell you something (laughs) interesting, too. The Chargers have one player on the COVID-19 list, a punter, and they put him there this week. Whatever they're doing, every team ought to be doing because they have not been hindered by COVID-19 like so many other teams have. It's
2: a good point. It's a really good point. Well, we'll see how that Texans and 49ers game goes with Mills versus Trey Lance. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, John, thank you so much for your time, as always. We always love catching up with you, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. Have a happy New Year. Enjoy the game.
3: Q and DeMond, you guys have a happy New Year, too. Thank you very much.
2: There he goes, the great John McClain right there. The general always-love talking with John McClain, getting his thoughts. Matter of fact, David from the 209 hit us up during the interview on the Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Every time John McClain comes on, I imagine him sitting on a chair and all of us gathered around like kids listening to his stories. LOL. His knowledge of the league blows my mind. Again, David from the 209. I couldn't have said it better myself every single time. From the moment that I met John McClain, I've always just loved to sit down and and pick his brain and get his knowledge of the NFL. So many thanks to him for joining us each and every week. 3.20 is the time. We'll come back, take some calls, take some texts, and then get to our guy, Mike hardball Hard. He's going to talk about Sam Ellinger, but after these new rules, maybe Sam's not even going to hit the field. But we'll find out about Ellinger anyway. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back. Welcome back to Unnecessary
0: Roughness.
4: Unnecessary roughness.
2: Here
0: on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm
2: going to have to kick you, you know what, today.
0: Here's your boy Q.
2: 324 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness, live from Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Raiders HQ, show flies by each and every day, man. Love it when we go fast and furious here. At DeMond in the home studios, and I'm here at Raiders HQ. Coming up in a matter of minutes, Mike Hardball-Harge. Does radio in San, o- in San Antonio for the Sports Grind. Ticket 760 AM, 1330 in Austin, the zone. Uh, he does a fantastic job. We'll talk about Sam Ellinger, who could see the field on Sunday for the Colts, but with the new protocols, probably won't as long as as uh, as long as Carson Wentz is not feeling any kind of symptoms. But uh, we'll get his thoughts on Ellinger anyway, just in case. Right now, though, got some patient listeners on the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200, like our guy James right here in Henderson. What's on your mind, James? Welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Q, this is James, first-time caller, long-time listener. How you doing, my man?
2: I'm blessed. How are you doing? Appreciate you.
0: I, I am good. I am good. Hey, listen, um, a lot of things that I talk about, I always mention the silver and black linings, right? So this is one of those ones where at first, yeah, we thought we were going to face a depleted Colts team, but now it seems like we're going to face them at full strength. But I look at it like this. If the Raiders believe that they are a true playoff team, this is what you this is what you want to face you don't want to leave any doubt you know you're you beat Carson Wentz you beat Jonathan Taylor you mean you beat the Colts um with all their guys so this is kind of what you want if you want to see them win um th- now the key is we get our guys back on defense and get them healthy uh because i think they've done a lot better in the run defense against Chubb and against um uh, one of the oh I can't uh, Melvin Gordon. Yep. So for me, I think it's it's one of those things that they got to keep continue to do. But the big key limit the turnovers because it's one thing to commit turnovers against a third or fourth string quarterback, and another one to commit turnovers against a team that's at full strength in the Colts. So for me, I gotta hope that they they end up doing something like that. Sorry, it's my dog.
2: <laughs> that's cool. I like it. So yeah, that's
0: that was that's my thought.
2: There it is. Hey, thank you very much. Appreciate the call, James. A shout-out to your dog as well. And, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Uh, if you're trying to prepare for the playoffs, you don't want to go in there and beat a team that's got their pants down. You know what I mean? You want to beat a team that is at full strength. Now, you want to get to the dance, but you don't want to go in there just squeaking by. Like John McClain uh, totally dismissed the Miami Dolphins. He said, hey, they, they ain't beat nobody. So he's like, "I'm just, I don't want to rain on their parade, but that's what I'm going to do. I didn't look at it that way because they still won seven games in a row, and that's not easy. But, I mean, he's basically saying, hey, they're squeaking by because they're playing nobody's. And you saw that on Monday Night Football against Ian Book. He got sacked eight times. Eight. He couldn't do squat like John McClain would say. So, so James brings up a great point. You want to prepare for the playoffs? You want to be a playoff team? You make it there. Again, you've, you've, you've defeated really good teams along the way. Again, they haven't beat the teams that I expected them to beat because they were lesser teams like the Giants or the Washington football team. But they're beating teams that are in the mix. Fargo Raider, you're up next. What's on your mind, brother? Hey,
4: Damon Q. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, I'm doing good. Somebody's out here walking their Corgi. Poor dog disappeared in the snow. Ha! <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yes, sir. I was wondering where the poor little guy went. Uh, I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to say I'm not going to sit here and have a woe is me mentality. It is what it is. We don't ask no favors from the NFL, and we're never going to get them. You know, nobody cares. Isn't that what Carr said to Yannick? And it's true. Nobody cares. Right. It's 1-0 every week. We have to adopt, like fully adopt that anytime, anywhere, anybody mentality and play who's on that field, play them to our hardest, and play on our level, our terms. And the, James nailed it. Limit those turnovers, not just against yep. – uh, the starters but at any time. That's the one thing that you know, I really hold against cars is he's ball security. And I don't care if my grandma's on that field, man, they better get out there, wrap up that tackle bring her down and punch that ball out her hand. I'm gonna channel I want them to channel their inner Mr Jones. Make me wanna slap my mama. For that <laughs> I wanna see the playoffs. You guys have a good one.
2: All right, man, you too. Fargo Raider right there. bringing the heat. Shout out to Grandma, man. No disrespect, Grandma. He was he, he he just got into the moment. He got caught up in the moment. He couldn't help himself. But, uh, yeah, man, the turnovers are something that they've got to eliminate. You win a game on Sunday against the Broncos after turning the ball over three times, that's not going to happen very often. Uh, they, you just had a, a, a team that you played that wasn't a very good offensive team, and they weren't able to take advantage. And the defense did a hell of a job uh, limiting what they were able to get after those turnovers. I mean, the ten points were gifted before halftime, but – For the most part, man, the defense did everything they could to help get the ball back after those turnovers. That's not going to work each and every week. You're not going to be able to do that. Ball security in the pocket is something that I really have been stressing a lot when it comes to Derek Carr. He's got to be able to do that. Uh, I mentioned on on my podcast on Monday that Carr did not have a very good day on Sunday, and some people said, oh, I thought he did well looking at the numbers. I didn't. I thought he had a bad game. I really did, and if they had found a way to lose that game, uh, that would have been the subject all week long here on the station is how bad of a game he had. Fumbling, ball security, the interception, and I know that the interception was a hell of a play. i would be the first to tell you Bradley Chubb made a great play, but you got to go in there, and you've got to go take games and win games, and so that would have been the subject. But luckily for him and the rest of the team, they were able to get things cooking in the second half and really go out there and play, like I like to say, with their hair on fire and make some things happen. Offensive line, Josh Jacobs, the defense continued to do their thing, and Derek Carr helped orchestrate the the drive as well. So, wasn't mad at that at all. Coming up next, all right, we got Mike, Demon. All right. Okay. <laughs> We'll take a little pause for the cause, no. But right now, uh, joining us on the phone lines is my guy, Mike Hardball-Hards, does radio in both San Antonio and Austin, uh, does a fantastic job. And, Mike, first off, man, I, I, I'm, I'm pleased to have you on the show, and I apologize for missing you when you came to Las Vegas for the, the College Football uh, Hall of Fame. Oh, man, it's all good, You You know, anytime I get a chance to
1: spend some time with you, it's always good. I know you've been busy, I've been busy, and it was hard to – to kind of keep up with everything that was going on during that time in Vegas, man.
2: How was that? How was that college football hall of fame event? Because I know that was a black tie affair. It's usually in New York city, but it was in Vegas and it was two classes and it was star studded.
1: Hey, let me just tell you this Q. Your boy was clean, boy. I was <laughs> clean.
4: No, I'm just kidding. I ain't mad at you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, the hall of fame ceremony was outstanding. Um, I was there representing, uh, Kenneth Sims, who was, uh, Lifetime Longhorn, number one overall draft pick in 1982. He was the first Lombardi Award winner in college football. I think that was most impressive was the people that were there. I mean, anybody that was making a move in college football, they were there. The, the people that were in, one of my favorite people, Eric Dickerson. I know a lot of people are always talking about the controversy. But Eric Dickerson got a chance to go in there as well. It was a fun-star-studded event, man, and I was just glad to be there.
2: Yeah, no, it, it was. And I remember seeing the list of all the names and the attendees that were there, and I really wanted to be there, but we just had so much going on that I wasn't able to attend. But I'm glad that you were. And, and, and Mike, I, I wanted to have you on to talk about Sam Ellinger. He looks like he could potentially be in line to start on Sunday for the Colts. Now that the NFL has changed the protocols, and Carson Wentz probably will get out of the COVID-19 protocol in, in five days, maybe he won't. But just kind of wanted to get a little bit of a background. And I know you covered him like a glove there while he was at UT uh, as you were doing Radio in Austin, a fantastic job. What should Raider Nation know about Sam Ellinger?
1: Well, Sam is a competitor. I mean, you know, everybody that's in the NFL obviously is a competitor, and they play at the highest level, and they do so many different things, but but you know, a lot of people always talk about that it factor. Whether it's a big, strong arm, or as a running back, you're you you you're so fast, and you can make a cut on a dime. The thing about Sam is he does a little bit of everything. He doesn't have the strongest arm. He's not the fastest quarterback in the history of the game. and He does so many different things. But the thing that people really need to understand about Sam is he's a competitor, and he's going to give you everything that he possibly can. And one of the things that I truly, truly dig about him is the fact that the dude competes, and his legs are his best asset. People are like, well, he's a quarterback. Why, why would you say his legs are that? Because he can extend plays. You got an opportunity to see him when he was at Texas, mm-hmm. when you were covering Baylor. You saw how hard he competes. It's a, it's a fine time for that man right now.
2: Yeah, no, it really could be. I'm excited to see if he does get that opportunity to start. I mean, so far this season, his rookie year, he's had three carries for nine yards. So they've used him a little bit with his legs, but haven't allowed him to throw the ball yet. And one thing that stood out to me, and I did see it while he was at UT and I was covering Baylor, you mentioned the it factor. If he does go out there and start, obviously, Mike, you were a professional baseball player. For for folks that don't know, Mike Harbaugh-Hard was a professional. Played on the highest level uh, in the major leagues and was fantastic at it. So you know what it's like when a young guy comes in you know what it's like when, a, when being a young guy going in there and having to prove yourself. How quickly do you think he can get the guys, rally the troops around him as a young dude in the league?
1: Well, let's put it like this, and, and you think about it as well as I do. You, you look at the fact that Sam got an opportunity to come in and he was dealing with the death of his brother at the mm-hmm. time. Yep. His brother had an accidental overdose at the time during training camp where it was the most vital for him. And he won the job. They got rid of uh, Eason yep. for, for, for Sam. And that just goes to show you his heart, his passion, and the way that he competes. And I know that's all cliche. And You've seen backups go out there and get that opportunity. We saw Ian Book last night go out there, and he wasn't competing at the highest level because <laughs> of all kind of unfortunate situations. But when you break it all down, And you look at Sam's history and what he's done throughout his career, this guy is going – he's a winner. He's a winner. He competed at the same high school as Drew Brees, Nick Foles. Uh, The number one quarterback in the nation this year is Cade Klubnick. He's going to uh, Clemson. He's from the same high school. These guys compete, and they know how to play quarterback at the highest level. And the one thing you're not going to be able to do with Sam Ellinger is outwork that kid. He's a cerebral quarterback, and he understands the game. Like I said, he may not have the best arm. He's not the fastest. But he'll make people miss, he'll compete, and he'll extend drives.
2: That's all you need to do. That's what you need to do in the NFL. I'll tell you, it sounds a lot like what Taylor Heineke is trying to do uh, in Washington with the Washington football team. It's just a guy who you know knows that he's not the most physically gifted, but like you said, he's going to go out there and work his tail off. And and as a young dude going into a locker room full of professionals like you had to do, what, what, what was your feeling? What was your, your gut feeling? What did you feel like you had to go out there and prove, and how did you do it?
1: Well, the thing that you want to do is fit in. You don't want to overstep your boundaries. You don't want to be a guy that's also a pushover, but you want to make sure that you understand your role as an individual and then find your place as the the team goes. Um, Everybody has a chance to do different things, and everybody's strengths are different than others. But, you know, what you want to make sure that you always do is be able to compete because everybody, a lot of these guys are older guys, and they're trying to make sure – that they get a chance to extend themselves, and you don't want to be the reason why they can't.
2: Right. No doubt. No doubt you want to give them a chance to go out there and compete, and more importantly, go out there and have a chance to win. Again, we're talking with Mike Harbaugh-Harch here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. The NFL has changed some of their protocols, them and the NFLPA. Now it's only five days of isolation instead of ten. So Carson Wentz, like I mentioned at the top, could have a chance to play. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, you, you you follow the NFL. You follow college football. You could cover it all, man. What are your thoughts on that and, and what the NFL is attempting to do these last couple of weeks to get these games in?
1: I know that you guys out there in Raider Nation have gone through a lot. I've been watching and, and, and seeing the trends and, and seeing how everybody's being tested and not tested. and you getting protocol if you're vaccinated, not vaccinated. It's all crazy right now. And the fact that the NFL also changed the the ruling, it's almost like we're just making it up. Sometimes, and it's, it's it's interesting to me. But the way that Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts have been able to win games, I said this last week. I said this this week. He has to. He had to make throws and he had to make some plays. Jonathan Taylor has done an unbelievable job, and to me. He's my MVP. I know everybody keeps talking about uh, Aaron Rodgers and what he's doing. We expect that from him. About Tom Brady, we expected them to be in the mix. But what Jonathan Taylor has done this year behind that offensive line, that uh, Quentin Nelson is one of the best players in the NFL on the offensive line, if not the best. But he's been out. There's been other people that have been out. And he's continued to run the football. And Frank Reich, although he was much maligned, and we were going at Frank Reich because of some of the things that was going on. We were talking about how Carson Carson Wentz was making all these bad decisions with the football, trying to throw it left-handed out of the end zone and (laughs) turn it over. But you sit and you watch and you see how these guys, the Indianapolis coach, have continued to play and now they're in the middle of this situation, I've been quite impressed with the way things are going with them. And Carson Wentz, although sometimes I think his biggest problem right now is he's still dealing with the ghost of Nick Foles. By the way, Nick Mm -hmm. Foles played a great game this past weekend. (laughs) But he's still dealing with the ghost of Nick Foles, and that is his biggest vindication. That's what he's looking for to be able to get to that next step. I think the Colts are got a team that a lot of people need to start paying a lot of attention to because they have the, the recipe for it. They got a great defense too. Yeah. yeah. Let's not forget about that.
2: Right. No, you're right about that. Led by Darius Leonard, man, that dude is an absolute stud. So uh, it's going to be a tough game on Sunday, no doubt about it. The Raiders and Colts, both teams playing for their uh, playoff lives, and, uh, you know, they have a path. They both, both teams have paths to get into the playoffs. And, Mike, before we wrap this up, man, i got to take it back to the Lone Star State. Obviously, you cover the Cowboys like a glove as well. They've had an outstanding season. They win the NFC East. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Cowboys? What do you think Dak and company can do once they get into the playoffs? What kind of run do you expect them to make?
1: the best thing about this past weekend, and I don't want to hear just because they played the Washington football team, the best thing about this past weekend is we finally got a chance to see what all three phases of the game looks like. And when it goes well, how good can this Dallas Cowboy football team be? I've, I've been sitting, waiting for this moment. Everybody's been criticizing Dak. Everybody's criticized Ezekiel Elliott for not being able to run. But the one thing that everybody always talks about in the NFL is not the ability, it's the availability. And now that everybody's starting to come back, Demarcus Lawrence, unbelievable play. You know, Micah Parson, you know, he always talks about the lion that, you know, I don't deal with sheep. I'm trying to make things happen. Uh, Randy Gregory, think about where he was three years ago. He wasn't even on the – feel. I mean, he was suspended for the entire right. year, and now he's getting that opportunity to show the talent and the level in which he's playing. It's been a fun, fun watch. Now, at the end of the day, it's, when you get in the playoffs, it's one game. Survivor, right. five survivors <laughs> take all,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: can they? are they built for that? Absolutely. The problem that I have, and I've been very critical of this situation for a long time, is Mike McCarthy. Right. Still nervous about Mike McCarthy. He's terrible at clock management. Now all of a sudden, they did, they had a good game this past week. What are they going to do against the Cardinals? Another team that is fighting for their playoff lives. They're in the playoffs, but they're leaking oil right now. Are they going to be able to show up? I told my son the other day. I said the Cowboys will destroy the Redskins, but I think they will lose the game against the Arizona Cardinals, because Arizona is desperate right now. Mm-hmm. I yep. hope it doesn't happen. I <laughs> hope it doesn't happen. But in reality, that's a desperate team. And then let's see what the narrative is if they lose that game. If they win that game, the Cowboys win that game, oh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I can get to SoFi in L.A. I might have to spend the night with you in <laughs> Vegas, but uh, I'll be making my way to SoFi.
2: I heard that. I heard that. And, hey, you know you're always welcome, man. All you got to do is call your boy. I definitely got your back. Before I let you go, my man Damon, back in the home studio, he wanted to ask you a quick question as well. Yeah, real Come quick, on. I saw it I saw it on your Twitter timeline, so I got to ask you, who should hire Ron Washington next? I know we're going to baseball, but I really <laughs> think that he deserves another job, another shot to be a manager for somebody. Hey, I, I definitely think
1: he deserves to be a manager for somebody. I hope someone gives him that opportunity. Let me look at the next team that's struggling, and I'll get back to you. But I'm telling you right now, Ron Washington is a player's manager. Mm -hmm. He is somebody that puts that work in, and he doesn't take things for granted. I got into a little debate with somebody today that was talking about, oh, even though he exercised his demons, why do you think he needs another choice? I mean, another opportunity. The reason why he needs another opportunity is because we don't know how many alcoholics that there are that are managing these teams. Just because you don't get caught doing something don't mean you don't have demons yourself. Right. Ron Washington's been very open and honest about the things that he's done, and he, he, he doesn't hide from it. And I think he's another person that could give a testimonial to some of these young players that he can help uh, along the way. He's a great manager. If Nelly Cruz catches that ball in right field, Ron Washington is immortalized. Yep. He ain't catch the ball, and everybody wants to start talking about, oh, my man has some problems off the field. Listen, man, don't ever check anybody else's closets because you might get hit with a bone.
2: I agree 100%, Mike. I couldn't have said it any better. I've been trying to preach that for a long time, especially with the situation that happened here in Vegas with Henry Ruggs and everything going on. Uh, people are quick to judge, uh, you know, a lot of other people outside of their own house. But sometimes you need to look inside your own doors and realize that there's some issues going on as well. That was, that was perfectly said, Mike. We do, Man, I'm telling you, uh, we appreciate you talking about Sam Ellinger, appreciate you talking about the NFL, but that statement right there, That was a mic drop moment, so uh, that that was fantastic stuff. Uh, I definitely appreciate you as always, my man. And and like I said, any chance that you get, if you come back to Vegas, holler at me, man. We'll definitely uh, catch up.
1: Well, I got a couple tickets I need to cash, so I'll be back, (laughs) Brian.
2: That'll work, man. Thank you so much for your time. Enjoy what you do, and uh, I'll be talking soon. All right, brother. Appreciate you. All right, there he goes, Mike Hardball-Hards. That was a mic drop moment right there. Uh, fantastic dude, uh, even better friend. He covers uh, sports in San Antonio and Austin, Texas. Uh, the sports grind, ticket 760 AM 1300, uh, and on the zone in Austin as well. Uh, Hardball-Hards played Major League Baseball for a very long time, was drafted by the Montreal Expos, and uh, just an all-around good dude right there and a, and a guy that I, I'm very pleased to say is my friend. So many thanks to him. You can find him on Twitter, at HardballHarch, as Damon obviously did. <laughs> Found that. And I like Ron Washington. I'm glad you asked that question about Ron Washington. I liked him even when he was back uh, with the A's, the third base coach for the A's. And yeah, he has some some demons, but man, he, that Texas Rangers team he had should have won the World Series if Nelly Cruz makes that simple catch. Not simple catch. There's nothing simple, but that catch in right field. And then they didn't. And like I say all the time, you allow another team to get another out, no, uh, they're gonna they're gonna burn you ninety nine percent of the time, and that's what happens. So, uh, good stuff right there. You want to stick right here tomorrow? Maybe get a couple calls. Oh, you want to take a break? All right, there it is. Three forty seven. The man has spoke. We'll come back. We'll close out the show. This is Raider Nation Radio nine twenty.
0: Welcome, Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness.
2: Unnecessary roughness.
0: Here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty.
2: I'm gonna have to kick you. You know what? Today.
0: Here's your boy Q.
2: Just got a couple minutes left in today's show. Fantastic feedback both on the Raider Nation Listener line and the Salmon Ash text line at 69187. I really quickly want to get to two texts from Rob in Oakland. Uh, he's sent us some fantastic stuff in the show, and then we'll hit up the Raider Nation listener line quick, fast, and hurry as we try to get as much in in these last few minutes. Rob says, Q, I think many people are confused and or frustrated with the frequent changes to the NFL policies regarding COVID. I certainly don't like what's happening. Despite science's best efforts, the data that drives policy is always behind the virus. Unexpected changes to COVID's behavior, like increased transmi- trans, uh, transmissibility with less mortality should be expected to to disrupt our normal schedules, including our appointment, TV, Sunday, NFL football. I hope the sick recover well and hope we can get back to normal sooner rather than later. Uh, I agree. There's a lot of confusion, a ton of confusion, including myself. I have plenty of confusion as well. It's a day-to-day thing. We really don't know how things are going to change. He also said, Q, that whole rooted in Oakland thing is a swipe at the Raiders, in my opinion. The ironic thing is they've been trying to leave the town forever and are now using Las Vegas. I stopped watching them because of the role they played in the Raiders leaving. And that's how a ton of folks feel about the A's. And I'm an A's fan. I just don't like their front office, and I don't like their tactics that they use. And, Rob, you are absolutely 100% correct. Thank you for those texts. I appreciate you. Speaking of Oakland, how about ABA Ivan Davis? What's on your mind, brother? Welcome to the show.
5: Hey, how's it going? Uh, I know I only got a couple of minutes. Yes, sir. Um, the, the, The Raiders need to make a serious adjustment. What I think is going on, I'm not a doctor or nothing like anybody else, but I think there's a lot of asymptomatic people spreading the virus because a lot of people that are asymptomatic, a lot of times you show up with a negative response. Okay, so I think what needs to happen is those shields that the NFL had, I'd make all the teams put that shield on their helmet. Okay, Uh, I wouldn't trust not one single coach. Let's just be honest, if I were Carson Wentz, I wouldn't care how I feel. How do you feel today, Carson? Oh, I feel great. Feel great. <laughs> Let's <Yep>. go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, what you think he's gonna say? Right. He's unvaccinated, so I guarantee you the virus runs stronger in him than it does someone that's been vaccinated. So, uh, I mean, man, put them shields on. You may not. You may not like it, but uh, I think that's the be- that's right now. That's the best way for the NFL to protect their players. Because right now, trust no one.
2: Right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you for the call. And you know what? I, I agree. I think that a lot of people are being impacted uh, by people that don't have any symptoms or don't uh, you know, feel like they, they don't feel good, you know, and, and just look normal and just are around other people. And then someone else picks it up. I think that's really uh, how it's transmitted. And I'm with you. If I'm Carson Wentz, if I'm any of these players, if I'm Denzel Perryman and they say, hey, how are you feeling? I feel fantastic. And that's what I, I would say that. I promise you I'd say that. And I'm not trying to, you know, be the bad guy, but if I'm in a game that matters about the playoffs, you're damn right I'm going to be out there and I feel fine. That That's exactly – I agree with you, ABA, Ivan Davis. I would say the same exact thing. Final show, a final call for the show today is going to come up from Shields Up. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. What's going on, Q? I'll Bless, be quick. Bless, all your right
1: Your team is gut feeling, correct?
2: Yep, absolutely.
1: Yes, sir. All right, well, my gut feeling is that we're going to win. I don't care – if the reincarnation of Johnny Unites walks on that field. <laughs> now, I'll be, I'll, I'll be super quick. On the whole thing about the COVID, it doesn't matter who lines up, starters or this or that. If their offensive line is out and our linebackers are out, so be it. What is the point of having a 53-man roster? We might find a diamond in the rough. Take care. Thank you for taking my call, brother.
2: Appreciate you. Hey, great stuff, man. Great stuff. And, and hey, I, I agree. You know, my gut feeling right now tells me the Raiders are going to win, too. I, and I don't even know why my gut feeling tells me that. I just – there's something I like about what they're doing. So I'm right there with you, Shields Up. Got the same gut feeling. And, look, hey, that could be gas and that could be – I could be onto something. We'll find out, right? But tomorrow – Could be a totally different subject and a different storyline, and we'll be here to talk about it. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor, he's coming up next in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. He's got his thoughts on what's going on, the forever moving rules and protocols, and he'll share them with you next. Many thanks to the Raiders. Many thanks to DeMond Cotton for holding it down, and, of course, all the listeners and texters and our fantastic guests. Vinny Bonsignor, he's up next in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'll holler.